Right, we're just chatting, guys. Hi. <laughs> Hello. Hi, it's uh, Crystal Myth Podcast. I didn't forget the podcast name. I'm just really startled because I've just been told that we the topic is sort of like whatever this week because we were going to talk about um, Bad Boy the Musical, but honestly, it was unwatchable because Yaz came over last week to my humble abode. And we tried to watch it, and we were just like, this is so amateurish, wasn't it? It was bad. Oh, my God. I hate you both so much. I've watched all of it. I didn't know this is why we were starting recording. I thought we were starting recording so that we could discuss it fully together with no comments no, there. This needed to be in it. Mark, we tried. We genuinely tried. Wait, I knew this would happen, because then I say to you, yes, I bet you he watches the whole thing. And then when we tell him that we didn't, he'll be fucking raging. And maybe we should have just pretended we watched it. Oh, I can't. <laughs> I have to never ever watch this because it's so bad. And like, we, how far did, we got as far as him in the cage, her really bad boyfriend doing a shit rap, jumping oh, on top of the cage, annoying Bat Boy for okay. some reason. And then we just sort of thought, fuck this. That's like 10 <laughs> minutes in. Yeah. It's it honestly two hours and fifteen minutes. Long. Yeah, I know, Mark. And we couldn't. I would honestly rip more. I'd rather rip more head off than endure another twenty minutes or five minutes of that. Uh, we've tried to find other versions of it, and it uh, still like it was physically painful to watch. Oh no, I understand every single version of it is. It, it's the the, the <laughs> years I've watched this for you, and apparently Leslie and Yaz, which I didn't know, so that you don't have to watch it because like don't. Yeah. Watch. I did notice that if you look up like critical reviews online, mm. kind of like positive audience reviews, but then actually as you read on, it's like basically all critics that went to see it massively panned it, which is understandable because I mean, I think this episode <laughs> now is going to have to be me telling you the story of Bat Boy. Pretty much. I mean, no, but Yaz did. When I went, Yaz watched an actual video on YouTube about the real Bat Boy, didn't you? Yeah. And then we I wasn't there. watch other parts of it, like where they were just showing us the songs that were in it, and even the oh, songs, the, and the whole Touch Me Bat Boy. Yeah, that's the bit I didn't get. That was one Touch of my notes. Touch me bad boy, so much time save it, me bad boy. What was it? Two of the things that you've said already, <laughs> one, all the way through it, I kept stopping it and being like, right, how much longer is left? And then being like, oh, my God, I've only watched this for 10 minutes. How yeah, that's how we felt. Minutes left? But then the last 10 minutes were so insane <laughs> that I have to tell you guys about them. Please tell us how it ends. And actually, when the last 10 minutes kicked in, basically the first reveal, I paused it to check the time and then thought to myself, but how can there only be 10 minutes left? This is deranged twist. Because we can understand how he got from an idiot bat boy to being in a church saying that he will literally do anything for you to fit in. If it makes yeah. you feel better for skinning forward, I also don't understand that and I watched the musical. <laughs> and Yaz and I, didn't we think, why the fuck are they taking this poor guy out of his cave? He was probably better off where he was. It did seem like a shame that they dragged him out, kept mm. him in case for no reason whatsoever. Okay, do you want me to show, show my contribution to this week's podcast just with me telling you the story? Yes! Okay. And you Please. can ask any questions you want. Let's do that. I'm going to attempt to do this with my notes because, I mean, it's deranged. It's like a, I was trying to write down films and plays that it made me think of while watching it, and I decided that it's like Edward Scissorhands, Beauty and the Beast. The we Grimm's, said that! You said the Edward Blindside. Scissorhands. And my fair lady. 
What did we say it was? Edward says her hands. And just, yeah, nothing I've ever seen before in my life. Well, I think it made us think of, from the what we did see, was what was it that made us think of Edward says her hands? An outsider comes into what looks like a sort of suburban town. Old fashioned. Yeah, old fashioned, like 60s maybe, but it looks like maybe it's supposed to be the 80s because of the rap shit and. Then there's a teenage girl in it that might want to bang Bat Boy. I don't know. That's as far oh, as we got. I mean, wait till we get to the twist on that as well. Right. Oh, God. God. So again, I feel like my retelling of it is going to be more entertaining than the actual thing because it's so poorly written. Right. Right. So I'll start with what you guys already know, because that means that anyone who's listening to the podcast can be aware of what you know. So basically, like the story of Bat Boy opens and there's a family well there's the kids from a family and they are what's it called like cave diving yeah well no we've seen it it was it was just a bunch of teenagers wasn't it going cave exploding yeah so the three they're supposed to be teenagers so the three characters it starts with are a family of three teenagers who are called ron ruthie and rick Mm. actually i was very confused because just to start off with ron as a joke pushes Ruthie into what's a, or towards what's effectively a bottomless pit. So I was like, right, this is already confusing to start off with because why is one of these people trying to murder one of the other ones for no reason? Anyway, oh, I just Bat Boy looked like he was trying to rape one of the women. Eh, Ruthie. Yes. Yeah. We were like immediately where we as were like, okay, what's this all about? Then <laughs> Again, I don't even really know where to start. So they're in the cave, they're all pushing each other about, and then one of them's like, I can see something moving in the darkness, what is it? And then it's Bat Boy of Bat Boy fame, who who is a boy that resembles a bat or a bat that resembles a boy. We don't know. He can't fly yet. I thought it was a boy. The with the nonsensically bad script writing, one of the three teens that's in the cave literally just goes, it's a bat boy. Yeah. <laughs> he also said it as if that's a normal thing. Like he's yeah. Yep. Like, oh, it's a bat boy. Like, as oh, if, oh, we all see bat boys all the time. So he says it's a bat boy, and then they try to feed the bat boy. But when they try to feed the bat boy, it jumps on the girl of the trio yeah. and then bites her. Oh, I didn't know it bit her. Oh no, it did because she ended up in the hospital because if that's the guy's sister, isn't it? The 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 obnoxious yes. one's sister. It is. Because he, he never it stops mentioning it. So then cuts. that's like the cold open. And then it cuts to the song that you guys already sang. The weird Bat Boy song. Touch me, bad boy. Touch me, bad boy. Touch me, bad boy. To be fair, that's that a good song. <laughs> For this episode, by the way. <laughs> One of the first things that, like, for you guys that have watched 10 minutes of it, but I don't know why that's the song. They reprise that song multiple times throughout the musical. Don't know why. D- don't know who wants Bat Boy to hold and touch them. Ooh, so what happens next? So then I don't really understand how, but they somehow end up with the sisters going to the hospital and the brothers, because the three people that are in the cave are all a family, and the brothers have Bat Boy in a little pool wagon. And that confused Yeah, he's on a sack. Yeah. Locked him out and shoved him in a bag. Well, it's not really explained. <laughs> But then I realised as it went on that nothing's explained because obviously that being the first thing that wasn't explained, I was like, did I miss something? But apparently I didn't. So yeah, Bat Boy's magically in a sack. They give him to the sheriff. Yeah, remember that. Mm -hmm. One of the boys tells the sheriff, there's a Bat Boy in the sack, you need to put him down. And then the mayor shows up, who to be fair, I love, she's 
should be a gay icon. And the mayor shows up and starts saying that that's a waste of resources. And she didn't they say it was because they were Christian, good Christian people, and they don't do that. Well, no, she was basically saying was that, that she was in a fat boy museum. Yeah, no. the sheriff is a member of like some sort of evangelical Christian church. Uh, right. So okay. the sheriff says that he doesn't want them to put Bat Boy down because he's Christian, but it's the mayor that says it would be a waste of resources, and she'll take care of Bat Boy. Uh, but then, for some reason, Bat Boy <laughs> isn't. With the mayor or with the sheriff in the yeah, next yeah, that's what I don't get. Random house. No, no, yeah. that's the vet. That's the vet. They didn't want to put him, so they put him in the vet. And he well, yeah, the you're vet. right. It is the vet's house, but it's the vet's wife that looks after well, him. I think doesn't. I don't feel that made sense though that he's just suddenly in the vet's house. So yeah, the vet's house is there, but the vet's not there. He's away on a hunting no, trip. No, a vet's on a hunting trip. What the yeah, fuck? he's on a hunting trip. <laughs> so Bat Boy's in a cage. In the vet's house, and his wife Ruthie and his daughter Shelley are there. Wait, Ruthie's in the hospital. Oh no, yeah. Who's what's the mum called? She's I don't know. called Meredith. So his wife Meredith and his daughter Shelley are there, and then basically they're having an argument about how. Yeah, this is as far as we got. I think Meredith thinks that Shelley. She's basically slut shaming Shelley. Yeah. I was like, that seems out of order, but then realised that Shelley is shagging Rick, who is the worst character in the film. Yes, but yeah. yeah, and do you know what I thought? Like, see, when we were watching it, it was a high school production, right? So all these people who are playing the characters are all like what, sixteen, seventeen or something. There's a scene where Rick basically dry humps Shelley on the sofa. I'm it thinking gets... these kids' parents are watching this. No, much worse I'm, I'm than that. Oh, all I was thinking all the way through it is how can they possibly put this on as a high school production? That's what all I was... in America. It gets so much worse than that. I like America as well. So yeah. then, even though in the kitchen, and they're just what? Like, what happened in the kitchen? Her mum's about to be in the kitchen, like literally the next room. Oh it's yeah, that's right. <laughs> and the whole audience is watching this, and we were like, uh, "What? Like this is about- <laughs> <laughs> again?" That's not even the worst weird, uncomfortable sexual thing in it. Oh, so my God. before Rex shows up. So even though it's about Bat Boy, which confused me as well, there's not really any focus on Bat Boy, but I don't no. really feel like the focus... So the focus was on Shelley and Ruthie, but the conversation they were having was just nonsensical because Ruthie was basically saying to Shelley that she should break up with Rick, which she should when we meet him. But because she doesn't have any hormones, which they never explain what? again, and then they both started talking about how it was a shame for the Bat Boy because people treat him differently because of the complexion of his skin... And yeah. I was like, right. is this some sort of racism allegory or, like, what's going on? Well, he was just really pale. So, I mean, I think the the skin, the pale, like, the colour of his skin is the least of his fucking problems. Yeah, I think he's, he's got, 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 like, bat. Oh, also, we thought was quite sad is that they just threw, like, was it meat at him or something? And we were like, but bats don't eat that. They just eat, like, insects or yeah. fruit. It depends what kind of bat he is. We had that, that discussion, didn't we? As we were like, what kind of bat is he? Oh, is so he a vampire? Then Rick shows up and then they start throwing meat at him and then Rick yeah. starts trying to fight him and then that basically gets him hard and he decides that he wants to fuck Shelly on the couch, which is weird because it's like he gets hard by harassing cryptids. Yeah, and then Bat Boy gets all horny, didn't he? And he started humping the air while they were banging. the air and then Rick goes <laughs> back over to the cage and says, I'm going to dress you up in pantyhose. And it was like, what? what? I don't remember 
that line. <laughs> we stopped watching when all the humping was going on. We it was no, it was when they started that rap thing. We were like, right, um, I'm out. Oh, well, it's immediately after the rap. So basically, right. like he's trying to fuck her. He does the rap. He goes back to trying to fuck her. The mum walks in. She seems really confused slash annoyed. Then he's still obviously turned on and then walks over to Batboy when he's like out of the mum's earshot and says, I'm going to dress you up in pantyhose. Which I was like, what? Rick wants to fuck Batboy? Is, <laughs> is it Rick that's singing, hold me Batboy, touch me Batboy? Oh, and he wants to put him in pantyhose. So then, basically, like, two days are supposed to pass by, and Shelley and Meredith have gone to bed, and the vet comes back from his hunting trip, and he comes in, looks at the cage, and starts, like, freaking out and saying, what's going on? Which I get, if there was a bat boy in your living room, you would. But he doesn't go and wake his wife or daughter. He decides that he's going to put down the bat boy, who... Again, for anyone that doesn't know what a bat boy is, although we're calling him a bat boy, he's more he's more boy than bat. He's basically just a deformed boy. <laughs> he's basically just got pointy ears and and, really and he's quite flexible and he can hang upside down real good and he's got like bat like teeth, but that's about it. He's pale. So he decides he's gonna put him down and then Meredith, the wife, wakes up and screams, Don't hurt Edgar which confuses Oh yeah, she calls him Edgar. I remember Edgar. that. Yeah, so Edgar's what she's decided to call the bat boy. Because the daughter says, oh, you could just call him ugly and yeah. he would respond to you. I feel like as well, was there something going on with the daughter, like personality disorder that they weren't telling us? Because she keeps swinging wildly from being like, burn it, I hate it, make it die, to like, save don't Edgar. Don't hurt bat boy. Yeah, don't so hurt bat boy. Forward for no reason. So, yeah, then basically what you guys said, so... You didn't really miss anything. The plot then developed. Okay. That just all of it. So she teaches him to say hello. So she's going like, ha, lo, ha, lo. And he's going, ha, lo, ha, lo. And then he starts speaking in full sentences and okay. then starts speaking like super eloquently. Don't understand how that happened. <laughs> so right. I wrote down another line that I really like. So well, they take him to the church and. He said he made his own clothes. I remember that from one of the songs. Yeah, so he basically learns to, like, stitch, so... And they're really nice. ...clean, speak. He knows quite a lot about science. This all... Mm. He reads the whole Bible. This all happens in under a week. Right. I remember remarking to Yaz when we watched that song, fuck that town, why is he so eager to please all of these people? He seems quite intelligent. He can make his own clothes and that. Why is he so desperate to get their approval? By doing anything they want. Again, never explained in the film. Right. So, again, wrote down another line that I liked. So when they go to the church and he's trying to convince everyone in the town that he's good and he's speaking eloquently and he's talking about how he's read the Bible, which apparently makes him good, the sheriff says, I hope that he has learned to follow the rules or I may have no recourse but to enforce the law and then cocks his gun. Which confuses me because it's in America that if you're not polite in charge, the sheriff gets to shoot you. <laughs> That's probably true in some cases. What if you're not like, especially if you're different or black? Oh, and he responds by saying that he doesn't want the neighbours to see him as just some garden gnome, which what? confused me as well because it was like nobody <laughs> said he's a garden gnome. Is he a gnome? What was he said in the song? Yeah, so he was singing, or Mark, do you remember, about the things he would do for people? Some of them were just so bizarre. I need to look up well, the lyrics to that. Can't like, how, was, like how badly he wanted to like fit in with these people. Mm. Wrongly, you mean? That it might be just... the song where he sings about not wanting to be treated like a garden gnome. 
possibly. Uh, maybe. It was just, yeah, it's all very strange. So very then strange. after he leaves the church, so he leaves the church with Rufy. Nope, Rufy's the girl that's in hospital. He leaves the church with Meredith and Shelley and they go home. Let me walk then, among you, I think. I think that's the song. And I think we're like, you know, at the end as well. Is that the one that he sings at the abattoir, or the no, one? No, when he's in the he's in the church. Let me look. Out. Says, I know you hate me, but if you could only see me the way I see all of you, look at all your faces, children, husbands, wives. God, you're all so beautiful. I envy your lives. Going to work, building your schools, throwing a fo- football or swimming in pools, out in the sun, living by rules. I could learn how if you teach me the tools. I know I'm strange, so help me change, please. And then the chorus, let me walk among you. Let me show my face. I could learn to live with you. I could earn my place. I will move a mountain. Your wish is my command. And someday you may want to shake my hand. It's like, mate, these just fucking move back <laughs> to your face. Like, what? This is what all the things he said he would do, right? I will paint your houses, I'll milk your cows at dawn, I will do your laundry and I will mow your lawn. Let me file your taxes. I <laughs> am a CPA, that's the bit. What's a CPA? I don't know, but again, I like that in the space of less than a week, you've gone from <laughs> being a cave-dwelling monster to being able to file people's taxes for them. And then he yeah. says, and maybe you'll shake my hand someday. I can grow a champion rose or teach a yoga class. I myself designed these clothes. I can do my part. Must I die then with my nose still pressed against the glass? But if you'd shake my hands, well, that's the start. That's the start. Look in your heart. Let me join your carpool. No, let me drive the car. Let me throw a barbecue or join you at the bar. Come and watch the ball game. I'll bake a pecan pie and I will shake your hand when you drop by. Bring me to your churches and let me look inside. This is what. Bring me to your weddings and let me kiss the bride. <laughs> Thanks all for listening. That's all I had to say. Won't someone please shake my hand? Just one person shake my hand. And they all go, okay. And he goes, okay. Like he's really surprised that they actually just think, all right, we'll, we'll shake your hand then. Praise God the sheep has returned to the fold and the prodigal son has come in from the cold. Yeah, that's that song. But yeah. <laughs> I find it really odd. It's like he's willing to become a slave just so that. People will shake his hand and accept him. Well, after he sings his song, the right. preacher is basically <laughs> like, oh, he's actually sound. And if you're yeah. going to be a good Christian, you have to accept everyone, which I feel is a nice message. But then everyone leaves and the mayor. So basically they're having like some sort of town festival thing. And people who are all pitchforky have told the mayor that they don't want him there. So the mayor and the sheriff go to thomas or dr parker the vet guy and they're basically like oh your family have to not bring him to the celebrations otherwise the villagers will kill them but for some reason instead of going home and explain and just basically saying by the way bat boy can't go to the festival or else people <laughs> can kill him he starts making up really elaborate reasons why they can't go and the wife's like but really want to go and the kids are looking forward to it. one of the kids being bat boy and he's like, well, I refuse to let you go. And I'm a man, so you have to do what I say. And she's like, no, that's not going to happen. And then everyone goes to bed. But where's that boy living at this point? Is he still with Meredith? So he's still with Meredith. He's in Meredith's house. So everybody goes oh. to bed. And then Thomas, Meredith's husband, the vet, goes in to try and kill Bat Boy. Again? Again. <laughs> not a great vet, is he? 
<laughs> I wouldn't trust my pets for this cunt. And then, so the the first half of the show finishes with basically Bat Boy wakes up, and then him and Thomas have a big argument where Thomas has been really awful to him and he's crying. And Thomas basically says that he wants to kill him because his wife and daughter won't do what he says without any reason to do it. So basically, he's like, you've ruined the domestic abuse situation I've got going on here. And then he throws a live rabbit at Bat Boy. What? That's what you want, isn't it? Eat it. Eat it. And then Bat Boy's like, no, as you've already pointed out, Leslie, like, I don't eat live rabbits. Why is it alive? And then the first half finishes with the doctor holding up the rabbit and slitting its throat above Bat Boy. What? This guy is a psycho? Yep. He's just covered in rabbit blood. Right. (laughs) And then is he still living in a cage in the house? Like, you'd think, or do you let him have a bed? No, he has a bed by this point. How the fuck is he making his own clothes then? Are they providing him a sewing machine and some fabric in his cage? Um, no, Ruthie, like, yeah, gives him... No, that's what I'm saying. No, he doesn't live in a cage. He lives in their house with him. Right, okay, right. Yeah. Not Ruthie. Yeah. I keep calling her Ruthie. I know. Ruthie's, Ruthie's in hospital. Yeah, in hospital. Yeah, Meredith. What, right. Is there a reason... Right, she got bitten by Bat Boy, so I'm going to guess that Ruthie turns into Bat Girl. Okay, so that's what I said. <laughs> going. The set, so that's the whole first half, right? So that's the first... Girlfriend. What I've just <laughs> described is the first hour and ten minutes of this oh, film. Oh, jeez. Nothing happens in it. It's all awful and none of it makes any sense. Then the second half comes and it's mental. So the second half starts with the mayor like kind of doing her announcement to the town that the festival's starting and everybody's like, yay. And then they notice Bat Boy's there. And then weird, I want you to wear pantyhose Rick, starts (laughs) harassing the Bat Boy. So Rick and Bat Boy are having a fight. And it, it cuts from that to following... Richard, no, Thomas, sorry. So following Thomas, who's Meredith's husband, so right, the vet, mm-hmm. okay. so he sneaks into the hospital to see Ruthie, and I also assume that he's going to see her and she's going to be a bat girl. Actually, he goes in to see her and she's making a recovery from the bat boy biting her because he that's basically just the same as if a person bit you. And, right. and Thomas holds her down to the bed and injects poison into the wound where Bat Boy bit her and she started writhing round on the floor. Why? Is he trying to free him up? Is he just upset because she's actually all right and it makes Bat Boy look all right? Well, it's not okay to basically bite her, but he's trying to make a frame Bat Boy. Is that what he's trying to do? Well, yes. Maybe a poisonous bat? Town where and interrupts the fight between Rick and Bat Boy. (laughs) <laughs> and announces to everyone that he's just gone to visit Ruthie in hospital, but that the Bat Boy's bite contains poison and she's dead. So her mum's just dead. She's crying. And Bat Boy flees. Because now he's a murderer. And then we've got another brilliant line from the sheriff that I wrote down. So then the sheriff says, everyone get your guns and get your dogs because we're going to do what's right and we're going to do what's orderly. Wow. <laughs> Which confused me. <laughs> So I assume they're doing a dog show. Um, <laughs> this is where it goes totally mental. Right, okay. So it then shows you Bat Boy running through the woods. And Shelly, yeah, Shelly, so the daughter of the vet, is running uh-huh. after him. She eventually catches up with him. She tells him she's in love with him. Yeah, I thought she was going to be like the... The Winona Ryder. The Ryder character, yeah, from Scissorhands. But again, it's such poor writing because there's no 
development of it, she just all of a sudden is like i'm in love with you she was holding it all inside she was keeping it herself and he basically yeah. sends a song about like can we ever truly be together and then <laughs> while they're trying to decide this two women with beaks come out of the trees and start dancing around <laughs> them so then they're like why are there women with beaks here and then several other animal people come out of the trees that are again just people with some animal like features and then pan like as in the, the deity pan, pan Right. Rises up out of the ground <laughs> and sings a song to Bat Boy about how the town should accept him regardless of what he looks like. And that if he doesn't, there's always a place for him with Pan and his other Doctor Island of Dr. Moreau. Yeah, Island of Dr. Moreau Madness. And then they all sink back down into the stage. Mm-hmm. Never referenced again. So oh, see how he's a Bat Boy, maybe the- other people like him that are just other animals. That's what I thought. I was like, whatever the reveal is about how he exists, it must have something to do with Pan. It doesn't, yes. Pan is never in it again. Pan's just in it to sing a song. Pan then goes away. I'm not entirely sure if that was supposed to be some sort of wild dream or something. Maybe they were doing some mushies in the foring. So then it turns out they cut back to the festival and Rick realises that when he was fighting Bat Boy, that basically he's got like an imprint of Bat Boy's teeth in his hands when he punches him. So then the vet's like, let me check it over, goes to sit down next to him, injects poison into his wound. He starts <laughs> riding on the four dead. And there's just like the poison line around as well. It seems to be very like accessible. Well, Apparently so. So the villagers then split up into four different groups. One of the groups is, re- is led by Ruthie oh. and Rick's brother, Ron. And the other one of the other groups is led. I've just realised, Mark, that they're all named. A name the beginning of the letter R. Ruthie, yes. Ron, and Rick. Which like is why I'm getting really confused with everybody's names. All so right. the other one of the other groups is led by Ruthie and Rick's mum. So the group led by Ron go to the abattoir because he thinks that he'll be there because it's full of blood. He goes to look for it on his own. Then the mum comes over the hill and sees the light on in the abattoir and screams, it'll be the bat boy. And she starts throwing Molotov cocktails <laughs> into the abattoir and burns her own son to death. That's hilarious. That's the best part. <laughs> Again, never revisited. Doesn't seem to be there for any reason. She screams into the audience, first my daughter, then my son, and now my baby child. Which, <laughs> okay. Do you murdered yourself with a Molotov cocktail? So then goes to black. It's back in the woods. Pan's no longer there, nor are any of the other manimal people. But <laughs> Bat Boy and Shelly are there, but they're in their underwear. So I presume we're supposed to think that they've now banged. Uh. She says, I want to be with you forever. It's okay. And gets a razor out to slit her arm open. How is this appropriate for a high school production? So she basically goes to make like, a self-harm mark on her arm and is like it's okay you can feed from me which also confused me because there's been no reference throughout the entire thing about being a vampire yeah i don't know why she's doing that Mm, she's deranged so (laughs) shelly's mum so meredith then shows up and even though meredith loves bat boy she sees that (laughs) shelly and meredith have shagged and she starts screaming no no what have you done what have you done this goes against nature, and Shelley screams, it doesn't go against nature, Mama. He's a good Christian boy. And then okay. Meredith shouts, it goes against nature because you're my daughter and he's my son. What? <laughs> okay, is this a twist? Did she have sex with a bat and she produced 
fat boy and abandoned him in the cave? Well. What? Yes, I think she's speechless. I don't even know what to say. <laughs> yes. yes, are you there? I think <laughs> she's, she's run away. She's run away with disgust. <laughs> what the fuck? She can't deal with the weird incest bat play. <laughs> Understandably. <laughs> Okay, so what happens then? So then Shelly's obviously in shock. Batboy starts shouting at Meredith that he doesn't care. They're going to be together. And she screams, no, you can never be together again. He then tries to kill Meredith, which I was like, right, I feel like Batboy was supposed to be the hero up until this point. But now because he's found out who his mum is and she won't let him commit incest, he wants to kill her. Right, is that how it ends? So, no. So... I'm trying to think how to then explain the end, but this is all that I'm explaining just now all happens in the space of the last 10 minutes. Right. The villagers all turn up and they're like, burn the monster, end the Frankenstein-esque. Mm. And Meredith's like, no, don't. He's not a monster. He's my child. So then Thomas shows up and says that it's all Meredith's fault. And she's like, no, it's all your fault. They start having an argument. She then starts explaining that the reason that her and Thomas are together is because, brace yourself, by the way, because this is actually offensively mental and definitely shouldn't be acted out in high school. Oh, no. She says that the only reason that her and Thomas are together is because in the town that they previously lived in, he asked her out all the time and she always said no. So one day when they were working in his lab together, he spilled a pheromone of chemical that he'd been working on on both of them and the pheromones drove him mad and he raped her in the lab. What? Actual part of the play. Actual words that she uses. No. Yep. And then did that produce Bat Boy? So. Is that why he's trying to kill Bat, put Bat Boy down all the time? Because he knows that that's his son? The mayor then says, you're trying to kill your own son. And Thomas says, Bat Boy ain't my son. Meredith then says, yeah, after I escaped from the lab, after he'd raped me and was trying to flee from him, I was running home and a, a swarm of bats could smell the pheromones and a swarm of bats pinned me to the ground and again actual words she used had their monstrous way with me they were inside me no Mm -hmm. how many bats were inside her how many bats can you fit in your vagina that rhymes so (laughs) that is a very niche fetish that is i mean remember richard Gere shoved a gerbil up well allegedly shoved a gerbil (laughs) Remember, mind that time we were around your house and you <laughs> Never forget. Okay, so, okay. So, right. she then finds out that she's pregnant. So, he, Richard, is like, right, well, let's get married and I'll take you to this new vet practice somewhere else. You're away from everyone here so that nobody knows right before she's due to have the baby. So, she's, she agrees. She marries the guy who, again, in the play put on by high schools, has raped her marries him they move to this new town she gives birth right as they move there so that nobody gets to see the baby the baby comes out half bat half human so thomas takes it into the woods and throws it into a cave which is where it's then later found that's who that boy is <laughs> well so that's exactly what he says he was actually planning to kill it so she says you told me you killed it he says he was planning to kill it in the cave and then he said but it's father's returned and then the mayor what? goes, fathers? And he goes, yes, the swarm of bats. The swarm <laughs> of bats is his father. Not a bat is his father. The swarm of bats. The swarm of bats. <laughs> so Literally, then, that's crazy. 
Thomas shouts, I have to end what I started, pulls out a knife, runs at Batboy. Batboy and him start fighting. Thomas stabs Batboy in the lower spine, then slits his own throat, and then they both fall on top of Meredith, but he still has the knife in his hand and it plunges into her heart. Right, this is mad. This is, I, I, who I the fuck agreed to put that on? And then Shelley crouches over all their bodies crying, <laughs> with me thinking her entire family are dead in front of her. She's still in her underwear. Everyone she fucked her brother. Fucked Who's her half that? Brother. Yeah. <laughs> Curtains. End of play. No. <laughs> but then did he sing, Hold me bad boy? And then the entire cast come out and sing, Hold me bad boy, love me bad boy, touch me bad boy, hold me bad boy. Do you know what, Mark? I'm glad you watched it because for us and took one for the team because you made that very entertaining. <laughs> so thank you <laughs> genuinely though the first two hours and five minutes i was like i want to cut my fucking face off and then the last <laughs> 10 minutes i just kept being like what what <laughs> just everything they were saying i was like what? why is all this deranged mad this happened in the last 10 minutes of the play who the fuck wrote this i need to find out it's an it wasn't it wasn't a broadway music it was an off-broadway musical which is basically like something being put on the edinburgh fringe for instance, yeah. not officially part of the festival, it's on the fringes. Yeah. Okay, all, well, Mark, Yasmin, thoughts? I just, like, it was just, like, meant to be, like, a stupid comic book. It was never meant to be all this craziness. Like, that's what's insane. It was never meant to be a play. Was it not? It just, no, it all started, like, as a, like, a really daft, like, comic book that you could buy that just had this daft character in it. And then, but I wonder somehow it did became this play. Um, no. It eventually that that point. Oh, Weekly World News. It start. I think it was first production was in 1997, and it was based. It went off Broadway in 2001, and it was on the West End in London in 2004. That maybe we watched a video. It was like behind the scenes for Bad yeah. Boy the Musical, <laughs> and they were they were talking as if it was something really profound, like it was fucking Shakespeare or something, weren't they? Like, oh, it's all about you're being an outsider and wanting to fit in. No, it turns out it's about fucking incest and being raped by bats and a vet okay i feel like all the way through it they weren't sure how to actually write a coherent narrative that would have a point mm-hmm. and then well the last 10 minutes and the bit where pan show up were just like like they'd smoked crack well it says here the background for it the weekly world news 1992 story about bat we watched this didn't we yes there was a really bad very very bad video it was like something like a vhs from the 90s well it would be and it was about a guy who'd found a bat boy in a cave and he put him in his lab and he Ended up treating him like he was his own son and stuff, but didn't he? Half boy, half bat, found living in a cave, inspired writers. Keith, this annoys me the way he spells Keith. It's spelled K-E-Y-T-H-E, Farley, and Brian Fleming to write a stage adaption. I'm also just looking at Lawrence oh. Keith. He also wrote uh, Heather's the Musical and Legally Blonde the Musical. Oh. Which is confusing because, well, I don't know if Heather's the Musical is actually any good, but Legally Blonde the Musical's good. I've not seen it. But I suppose it's based on something that already exists that's more detailed than, as you say, as a comic book. And has a story as well. There's a bit in The Simpsons where 
almost full in like World Week, World Weekly News. There's a picture of Bat Boy on it, and he's saying to to Bart, "Like, oh, I want a dog that looks like Bat Boy." So it's got a mention in the Simpsons, and also got a mention in American Dad. He's basically Bat Boy who lives in their cupboard for a while as well. Them, I think. I'm amazed that um, they didn't include like Marge Simpson and one of the characters from American Dad in it, and have them like I don't know, eat a baby or something, just on the random. Oh, God. Yeah, there's. Yeah, he was born in 1982, Bat Boy, apparently, if you believe the <laughs> supermarket tabloid World Weekly World News. Wasn't that was another that note I had on the play, to be fair, but I didn't understand when it was supposed to be set. I didn't think this was in America. Like, yeah, Weekly World News in 1982, original front page photo of Bat Boy showing his grotesque screaming face, was the second best-selling issue in the tabloid's history, and he's since evolved into pop culture icon. He became the tabloid's de facto mascot of sorts, which then turned into Bat Boy the Musical. And then, like you said, Jazz, there was a cartoon that was originally penned Adventures of Bat Boy for the Weekly World News. And he's currently hitchhiking with a typical American family after resigning from being the President of the United States and King. <laughs> it's a bit like an American dad who they've got that alien that lives with them. And he's, he's he's engaged to, or he's romantically involved with someone called Beyonce, who is a half Sasquatch. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he's um, lovely. Do you remember the film, what was it, So My Wife is an Axe Murderer or something? What was it called? So I, I married, married, a, I married an Axe Murderer. Right, you know how Mike Myers' family and that are all Scottish? So his mum brings out a copy of the Weekly World News and it says, like, look here, giant baby is born. <laughs> That's a fact. <laughs> Stuff like that. She thinks that they're all facts. <laughs> it's the same magazine. Oh, Stupid stories in it and like alien stories and stuff. Yeah. I think it was I'm something like... i a review of it and it says that it was deliberately written to be in the style of a campy B-movie. Um... I don't think so. No. I mean, the Rocky Horror Picture Show is a better version of a campy B-movie than Bat yeah. Boy the Musical. I think the, wait, the most campy thing that you mentioned was that the guy wanted to put some stockings, pantyhose on him. Like, okay. That could be another film to throw in the melting pot there. would be like Rocky Horror, because again, I think the Rocky does do that random B-movie thing of, and here's just a random horrific bit of information thrown in for laughs, but it's not... Was that the bit where they get meatloaf? Which is not funny. No. Because they're having, like... Well, technically, doesn't what's his name Frankenfurter have sex with, like, both Brad and Janet? And he pretends to be the other person? (laughs) No, because they think that, which, to be fair, I suppose is not... It's not right! No, but he shows up in their bed and they both think that he's the other person, but then when they realise that it's Frankenfurter, they're he just, they they just both go along do the kind it? of like Oh, okay then. Oh, but I'm not really into that. And he's like, But you are, are you not? And they're like, Yeah, and then jump on him. So technically consensual. Okay. But yeah, okay. climbing into somebody's bed uninvited in your underwear and trying to fuck them is wrong. But people having consensual sex with you is fine. There's a scene in the Rocky Horror Picture Show where Eddie, played by Meatloaf, is found underneath the dining table where they're all having dinner. And he's dead because Frankenfurter killed him. But apparently in the movie, they were all genuinely shocked because the only person who knew that Meatloaf would be under their dead was 
Uh, oh, what is his name? That's terrible. So bad. Like, I'm so old. Like, I can't remember anything. But how could I forget his name? He's the best. He is. Rocky Horror. He's also, he's also the yeah. evil, what's it called? The darkness. or He's the thing from Legend. Tim Curry, of course. Curry. Yeah, the only person he knew that Meatloaf was under it was Tim Curry. The rest of them were genuinely surprised. So they were all shocked. Like, the shock reaction's real. Such a good film. <laughs> Yes, I wish we'd watched Rocky Horror Picture Show instead. Have you seen the Rocky Horror Picture Show, Yaz? Well, I never have, actually. Oh, my God. Oh, you've got to watch it. She's a virgin. (laughs) (laughs) So why don't I say that? When you go see, if you go see the theatre production of Rocky Horror or you go see it and, like, they have, like, cinematic sing-alongs or whatever, viewings, if you're a Rocky Horror virgin, they get you up on stage. And you get, like, what is it? You get thrown rice at you or something? I don't know what happens. Oh, my God. I'm going to keep that a secret now. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. It's so much fun. I have no other interesting facts about this thing. I think people should just never watch it. Never. Yeah, I agree. Like, I would not, as much as we're currently recommending <laughs> that you watch Rocky Horror Picture Show, Oh, basically, yeah, if you're a Rocky, if you're a Rocky Horror Picture Show virgin, those who have never seen the movie before, as in Yasmin, are sacrificed. They are brought on stage to be embarrassed for the audience's amusement before being allowed to return to their seats. I went to see my parents, and uh, it was Nicholas Parsons was the narrator, and he was so funny and every time like I didn't even know about this because I'd seen the film but I didn't know all the rituals that you did when you watched it or you went to the theatre so like anytime Brad appeared on stage everyone just start, suddenly started shouting asshole <laughs> and then when anytime someone mentioned Janet or she was on stage they all shouted slut I it's don't imagine great. those traditions for going to see Bat Boy the musical because I don't imagine it runs for very long. No. Like, yeah, I wouldn't even recommend that you watch the last 10 minutes because it's still really poorly written. Just it's more interesting than the, the previous two hours and five minutes. I think it's funny that it was a high school production. Like, yeah. really? I mean, it's this insane. Mm-hmm. And Didn't there's they... multiple high school productions of it on YouTube. Yeah, there is. Um, I think... When we were in school, they did Grease, but they didn't. I don't know whether they censored it for the school production because I'm sure they did the Rocky Horror Picture Show as well, but they changed it to the Rocky Monster Show or something because they must have toned that right down. There's no way they would have people go about and stalking the suspenders in school, fucking raping each having sex with each other in bed. That wouldn't happen. Um, and Grease isn't there, like, in Grease Lightning, he says the checks will cream. I don't yeah. think they would do that in high school production, would they? It's a real pussy wagon. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad to think, because I have actually put on a high school production of Grease, no. and I'm sure we do, like, there's several bits that, that line in? out. Oh, okay. The lyrics are changed, but I can't think what the lyrics are changed to. Um, what about the, the summer loving, where he went, did she put up a fight? Um, yes, that still remains in it. What? <laughs> oh my God, over That's because weird. women being aroused is offensive, but um, holding a woman down and forcing her to have sex is fine. Oh my God. <laughs> That's how society works. Do you know what I used to think? That the song Grease Lightning was called Chris Lightning. 
because when I was wee, like we were, I went to like a coach trip to, it was somewhere in Spain anyway. So we went um, and there was like a discotheque and I made friends with a girl there and she would always want to put on Grease Lightning. So I went up and um, and I said, can you put on Chris Lightning, please? Because I thought that's what it was called. <laughs> I thought it was just a song about a guy called Chris who liked Lightning. <laughs> I'd never seen Grease. Come on, I was eight. <laughs> oh, did they know what we're talking about? What? Did, did they know what you meant? Um, I don't know. <laughs> he played it anyway. He must have Chris Lightning. Go Chris Lightning. <laughs> yeah. I was always the chicks will cream for Chris, <laughs> Chris Lightning. <laughs> he must be really fit. Yeah, but obviously I didn't know what that meant. The chicks will cream. Ew. Yeah, no. it's pretty bad lyric, isn't it? Not as bad as Bat Boy the Musical. <laughs> true wait listeners we've just we've just described bat boy the musical so you don't have to watch it um and literally mean yasmin didn't really watch it it was the only person it did was mark that's a bold weave leslie (laughs) the royal we i can't believe he's is there any way if you could improve the musical mark what would you do to improve it cut out say an hour of it Mm. yeah yeah in fact no I, no. There isn't a way to improve it. I just scrapped the whole thing. Okay, so what if like one of the kids in your school decided that they wanted to put on a production of Bat Boy the Musical? Would you just say, nah, that's really not a good idea? I <laughs> I no, so. because the first hour is boring, <laughs> but introduces the characters, but in the most boring way possible. The bit with Patton doesn't have anything to do with the rest of the play, and we can't really have a bit about incest and rape because those are really inappropriate things to write a musical about therefore <laughs> no, the thing. and it must be on dvd because you sent us that picture of yeah you can get it on dvd what but what production is it is it the off-broadway production or it's the off-broadway one yeah so that must be better quality than a high school musical <laughs> But it wasn't right. even the quality again. It was just the, the like the one that I watched was really good quality. And actually, the people putting it on could sing. Mm. They had good voices. I think they could act, but it was difficult to tell because it's just such a shit script. Thing and wrong and immoral and should be banned. Yeah. <laughs> it's like. Yeah, we didn't really get your reaction, Yes, when Mark was describing how Bat Boy was her son and that he shagged his uh-huh. sister and that her mom, his mom, got raped by a bunch of bats. I suppose is mortified. I was just we not to say about this. <laughs> I, I couldn't. Generally, just sitting there going, "What?" <laughs> just imagine you'd actually been watching it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Mark. <laughs> no, I'm not even saying. I mean, yeah, that, take that as a dig. But I'm not even saying that as a dig. Like genuinely, I was watching it, going like, "Oh my God, when is this going to end?" And then she's all like, "That's right, because the only reason I married him is because he sprayed me with pheromones and then raped me." I'm like, what? then what? But didn't she what? say at the start when she was talking to her daughter about you know like fooling around and that that she went she. And her date was like they went out on dates and took it mm. slow or something. Yeah, I mean, she's, so she's a like, lying bitch. Well, she's not really a lying bitch. I'm sure she did date. <laughs> she, she got raped. It's not her fault. <laughs> the only character in the play that I actually thought came across vaguely, which I think actually that was one of the big issues with it as well. Obviously, you need a main protagonist and then other side protagonists. 
and Meredith was the only person in the entire play that I was like, yeah, you don't seem evil. Everyone else did. This <laughs> doesn't make any bit. And she died at the end. Well, well she's at peace now. No, she's not to be stuck in hell with her rapist husbands and her bat boy son. It wasn't even a heroic death. Like, she no. died at the end because her rapist, domestically abusive husband fell on her by accident after slitting his own throat and killing her son in front of her. Like, it was it was horrific. Zero out of ten for a <laughs> years ago. For newborn, like, definitely. Yeah, I think my mind still is blown by do you know the musical that I hated the most was, Ooh. you might not agree with me, but it was West Side Story. I hated it. I thought it was so boring and I nearly fell asleep. I like I West Side Story. It's not my favourite musical, but nah, I, I like I really West Side Story. Nah, it was boring. Um, maybe it was just production at Asa. What was your cats. cats. Cat. I knew you were going to say cats. So remember when you described it to me. I've not watched. Do you think Cats oh. movie is going to be worse than Bad Boy the Musical or could it be better? Because I've not seen it and I've heard a lot about it that it's like horrendously bad. That's literally no story. Yeah, like, no. that agree, Jazz, that, there isn't a story. That's that's why I don't like it. I think it's just based on a bunch of poems that have no, they're just individual poems about different cats. There are songs yeah, every cat comes on and introduces itself and is like, oh, I'm this whatever cat. But there's like, there's like a cat orgy at one point. In fact, that's into the list of things that Bat Boy the Musical is like because the bit with Pan is a bit like Cats because he just bursts out the stage, sings a song about being Pan and then sinks back into the stage, <laughs> never referenced again, <laughs> nothing to do with the rest of the play. You that's think what Pan all the way through. Perhaps they do have a cat ball and then they send the ugly cat like away in a spaceship or to die or something. Yeah, that's unclear. Don't understand if she has been abducted by aliens or she's dead. Was it a spaceship or was it a giant trash can? Again, don't know. Look, spaceship. Basically, that was her going away to die, was it not? Because she was ugly, so they sent her off to die. Oh, she like, was it was nasty. No, it was, I don't know if she was old, to be honest. So, that was supposed to be, like, a great honour. It's also got that stupid song, which, again, is about, like, who's singing Hold Me Bat Boy, Touch Me Bat Boy, Love Me Bat Boy, but the chorus song in Cats is that whole, like, when they go, there's slayer-level cats and... Level cats, and of course, there's it's Angelical cats. Angelical, 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 or a type of tribe like that they all belong to. I, I don't know, I'm trying to make it make sense, but that's I don't think what that Andrew Lloyd Webber's ever actually said that. I think that people who like the <laughs> Yeah, hold on, where's the lyrics? Uh, do you know how to get to the heavy side layer? Because jellicles can and jellicles do. No previous explanation in the mu- musical of what a jellicle is, nor is there one later. Je- sorry, because jellicles can and jellicles do, jellicles do and jellicles can, jellicles can and jellicles do, jellicles oh. do and jellicles can. Can you ride a broomstick to to places far distant, familiar with a candle, a book and a bell? Were you Whittington's friend, the Pied Piper's assistant? Where where were you in the Fatal Commission to Sphinx? If you are, you're a jellicle cat. 
this is a Jellicle song for Jellicle cats. See, they're trying to say that the Jellicle cats are special cats because all the previous Jellicle cats were famous ones, like Dick Whittington's famous cat. Maybe Postman Pat's cat was a Jellicle cat. (laughs) And then there's this bit, so at the end they have a list (laughs) of different types of cats you can be, but again, some of these aren't words, so it's like, this is a Jellicle song for Jellicle cats. Are you a Jellicle cat? Or a practical cat, a dramatical cat, or a pragmatical cat, a tactical cat, or an orthontical cat, a delemphorical cat, or a skeptical cat, a dyspeptical cat, or a romantical cat, a pedantical cat, or a critical cat, a parasitical cat, a historical cat, a metaphorical cat, a statistical cat, (laughs) mystical cat, a political cat, a hypocritical cat, or a clerical cat, a clerical cat, or a rabbinical cat. Ah, 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 a jellicle cat. Yes. So basically, the whole play is that these different cats come out and sing about what kind of cat they are, and they're all just different types of cats, and they're different makeup on them. And they are actually very beautiful. Like, the, the cats oh, yeah, the come sexy. But they have all these different cats, and they have a big cat part at the end, but they have this big cat ball, and then they call this other cat old and ugly and scruffy, and they send her away. And that, that's what she used to be the happen. glamorous cat, the glamour cat, Grizabel. Yeah. But they all shun her. They all shun her. That's it. So because you're not pretty anymore, you can get shunned. Mm. And set off a spaceship. But the thing is, I'm genuinely not exaggerating. That is the entire story. Nothing <laughs> else happens. I but, thought that Joseph and the Technical Dreamcoat was pretty short. But I guess that was really for kids, wasn't it? Yeah, was I suppose. It wasn't really much of a story. Yeah. But More of a story yeah. than both cats and Batboy, though. Well, I suppose. Neither of which have a story. My favourite musical, and I know it's a Lloyd Webber one, but I really do love Phantom of the Opera so much. Same. I've seen it like two, four times. Like, oh, it's so good, isn't it? Um, and I also like Lemmas as well, but it's kind of been ruined for me now because of the movie Lemmas with Hugh Jackman. Because he should never be allowed to sing. Yeah. And Russell, Russell Crowe. Crow. Javert was my favourite character ever, and Russell Crowe basically pissed all over that character. It's terrible singing. It's awful. And there's terrible. Russell Crowe. Huh? Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe, yeah. <laughs> awful. Like, he was, every time he sang, I was like, please stop. Yes. <laughs> also, it was the first time that I'd been to see a film, right? And I was disgusted by this, that the whole cinema, apart from me, like, stood up and started clapping. Like, they were in the actual theatre. Like, are you fucking retarded? Like, why are you standing <laughs> clapping a literal projection? Like, stop it. Please don't do that ever again. <laughs> when did people start clapping in the cinemas? I mean, really? Yeah, who's it for? No one. <laughs> They're Damn. all a bunch of sheep. I can't believe they did that. <laughs> like, fair enough, you were in fear and you're clapping actual actors who can hear your <laughs> you plodding in the cinema. God damn dumb. It's like when I went to see Dunkirk, right? This was insane. So I was sitting, like, I hate watching trailers and ads, especially adverts. I watch the trailers, fair enough, but if I've seen loads of them, then I've you know, you've seen the same ones over and over again because I used to go to the cinema quite a lot because I had, like, one of those unlimited cards. So I went to see Dunkirk, which is all about, you know, World War II and getting the, saving the British from France or getting them. It was a disaster anyway. Churchill made a cunt of it. I, I, you, what I would usually do in my routine is that I would sit there and I would put on my Kindle 
and I'd put it on really low light so it wouldn't, right? So I would just read my Kindle until the trailer start because it was literally the advert. Next thing, this woman, (laughs) I feel someone prop like a bony finger, just actual like dig into my (laughs) in my shoulder. I'm imagining some sort of like monstrous crone. Yeah, like I I feel some women actually like firmly poke my shoulder, like tap it, and then I turn round and she went to me, I didn't pay ten pounds to come in here to to watch you read that thing, that Kindle, have a bit of respect and turn it off. And I went, It's only the advert. Like (laughs) I'm do you, you really think I'm going to sit here and read this? From the film, like I pay a monthly fee, <laughs> you just paid one. Fuck off, bitch! Like it was as if, do you know what I felt like? It was as if she was like, she's one of these crazy people who like tell you off for not wearing a poppy. You know, one yeah. of those people. Like the very fact, the very act of me sitting reading a Kindle during the ad. Like who, who actually watches the ad? That I was somehow disrespecting the war dead. What did you actually say? If you're on the what? train, you have to sit on the, the chair in the front each tell you to take your feet off the chair. The I mean, to be fair, that is a bit of a shitty thing to do, to put your feet on the chair in front yeah. of you. But... <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but come on, I was, I was like, I hate people who turn their phones on during the movie because the light blinds me and yeah, stuff like that. So that would piss me. Like, if I was doing it during the film, I could understand why she was annoyed. But it was because I was reading a Kindle which barely emitted any light during the adverts. I think she, maybe it was like her first time in the cinema and you were ruining her experience. It, no, it was just because she's a fucking mad rad who thinks that I'm disrespect the World War II. <laughs> It was. It was full of people like that, though. Yeah, not Harry Styles fans. No people who. <laughs> the thing that annoys me is as well is that people go, "Oh well, the Blitz spirit and all that." It's like you weren't even born during the war, so why are you making out that you were you were there? Yeah. Those people. <laughs> she quite old. No, she wasn't old enough to be in World War Two. That's for damn sure. She was probably about in her fifties. Definitely not old enough. Her husband looks so embarrassed. <laughs> One of them. What did you actually say back to her? I said, look, these are only, they're only adverts. It's only the adverts. So I'm not going to, I said to her, I'm not going to put it on. Do you think I'm going to put this on during the film? <laughs> did you tell her to sit back down? Yeah, I just, I said, and I should, do you know what I should have said is, don't you dare touch me. Like, <laughs> what the fuck do you think you're doing? You <laughs> I'm a full grown adult. <laughs> you said the visual image of her tapping me in the shoulder. You calmly listened to her say that. And then you stand up and just throw your ball. <laughs> screaming, stop touching me. <laughs> I know. That's the really, perfect response. It was really funny the way she went. I just, I, I didn't pay £10 to watch you. I was like, well, don't fucking watch me. That's the adverts. <laughs> You're I should have flashed her man limited card and say, well, do you pay £150 a year? <laughs> well, how would you react if someone poked you really hard in the shoulder during the ads? Yeah, but like, excuse me. Like, what? Yeah. what the fuck? I think, who do you think you are? I think I'd either say, like, oh, um, it hasn't started yet, or I was exactly. like, at them like I was going to hit them and then carry on with what I was doing. She started screaming and going, Oh my god, this woman just touched me. 
I totally overreacted. Help, I've been raped. <laughs> By bats. <laughs> By an old bat. <laughs> Get her kicked out. <laughs> well, what's the worst experience you've had in the cinema? So you've you've been quite lucky then? I haven't. Yeah. There's so many arseholes that I've had to encounter in the cinema, honestly. I don't think I've had any particularly terrible experiences. Like I've had a good few where there's been teenagers there that just seem to be there to hang out and just sit and have a conversation all the way through the film. Have you ever had a creepy child's fingers go through your hair, like touch your hair? Because I have. That was weird. <laughs> I don't think so, no. Yeah, it really gave me a fucking fright, I tell you. I had a child do that on an airplane, like a child that's sitting behind me and they kept like oh, touching. Oh, no. That is like, weird. Or stare at you through the gap in the chair. Yeah. They had their feet come through the gap as well. And I was like, oh, oh yeah. Be, that, that's happened to me, and I've actually just not like actual elbowed their feet out. Like. <laughs> I did have a woman, that was ages ago though, but yeah, yeah. similar sort of women <clears throat> do the thing where people come and they're like, instead of being like, excuse me, I think you're in my seat, like came over and was like, I think I was with John. And mm-hmm. the woman was like, um, you're in our seats. And then I was like, oh, sorry. And then took this check out and looked at the seat number. And I was like, no, this this is the right seats. And she was like, no, those are our seats. Like, <laughs> and then it was, and then I went, all right. Which, to be fair, is slightly insane if she was right. But I know I was right because I just looked at my tickets and I was like, all right, can I see your tickets? And she was like, no, no I know. Well then, fuck off, bitch. Like, all right. And then she showed her my tickets, and then she went eh, and stormed off. I'm like, weird. <laughs> I reckon she just wanted to sit where you were and try to pull off the old oh you're in my seat bullshit. Yeah, like it's like you don't actually book this seat, you're just chanting it. Yeah. Because I used to do that like when I, I booked a seat and if I seen that there was someone sitting the, next to me that I didn't like the look of, I would go sit somewhere else and hope that <laughs> nobody was sitting in that seat. Once um, Esme and I went to the cinema and we were running slightly late and we were like, oh, the films, not the films already started, but we were like, oh, already went to the trailers, and I like to be in sitting before that, and we'd kind of gone in, and we were like, oh, that's a pain in the arse, and because we booked tickets really late, we were like, oh, we're in, like, the middle of this row, so we were like, excuse me to people, and sort of squeezed by and went along, and then realised the two seats we went to sit in, only one of them was ours, but we were like, oh, doesn't really matter, sat down, we're like, sorry, because we had to get, like, six people to stand up, started eating our snacks, went through the trailers, and then it started, it was an entirely different film, because we got into the wrong fair. <laughs> And then we just sat and watched it because we were like, we can't really get everyone to stand was up any- again. Like, that would be so wild. Yes. <laughs> was it any good? It was The Big Short, which I would never oh. in a years have watched. Yasmin I, liked that film. I really enjoyed it. I really, really liked The Big Short. I've, Me too. Honest, and it, like, I would never, ever have watched it. it. But yeah. also, I worked two companies that are evil in it. So, yeah, I uh, quite enjoyed it. It's because you described it to me, I decided that it, I wasn't really interested. So not that you like made the, sound, the film sound boring or anything, Yaz. It was just that I have no interest in anything to do with banking whatsoever. No, if someone described it to me, if I described it to right. past me, past me wouldn't want to go and see it. I, mm-hmm. I genuinely didn't think I'd enjoy it at all. I wouldn't have wanted to see it in a million years, but it was really, really interesting and funny. Yeah, it explains the credit crunch, but like dumbs it down. Yeah. Like, right, normal. for the likes of me who don't fucking understand numbers. Really? <laughs> no, they get like Selena Gomez to explain what, like, <laughs> object or something else. So, like, no, so Selena Gomez isn't listening to this podcast right now. Margot Robbie in a bath. 
I weirdly remember that bit where they were like, now Margot Robbie in a bath is going to explain like some sort of financial thing to you. Like, oh, right. So did they do that deliberately as a joke? Is that what you're saying? Yes, that they deliberately got people like oh. Selena Gomez and Margot Robbie to explain to Yeah, to explain it like as Right. Lehman's terms. And it's funny, mm-hmm. but it's actually really interesting. And the whole film has really, really funny things in it because you can tell they all just hate bankers. They're just taking absolute rip out of bankers the whole way. Oh gosh, but they're trying to explain to you why the credit crunch happened because bankers are assholes, basically. So if you hate bankers, you'll actually really enjoy it. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah I would probably like to. Unlike Bat Boy the Musical, I would give it maybe not <laughs> 10 out of 10, but like a solid 8. Yeah, watch yeah, watch that. Don't watch Bat Boy. Well, I don't really think there's anything else we can talk about besides what we've already covered, so just don't watch it. Yeah, don't, don't watch, watch it. it. Trick you into watching it. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I was going to watch it anyway. I'm glad you did, because then we would have anything Exactly where about. you guys stopped. I just don't even know how you found the time. <laughs> like, we, we don't even have kids. I'm, I mean, fun? that's kind of why I wanted to stab you a little bit. I was like, <laughs> I could have been watching something good. I put my child to bed two nights in a row so I could watch an hour and ten minutes of the worst musical I've ever seen. Yeah, I should talk to myself twice. Well, we thank you, Mark, for your sacrifice, like the people of Dunkirk. (laughs) You know what, Leslie? That made watching it all worthwhile. You're welcome. I'm sure they would have been proud of the Queen. People should start wearing puppies for me with a little bat on them. Yeah, we should have a, like a little remembrance memorial for the two hours of Mark's time that was wasted. <laughs> never, you'll never get back. Yeah. Ever. Are we saying a tie for you? Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, let's pick the next topic, and hopefully, it's not Bat Boy the Musical Two, Electric Boogaloo. Well, there are thirteen things currently on the list, and none of them are Bat Boy the Musical Two, Electric Boogaloo. Right. Yeah. As well, it's up to you this time. Don't do a Leslie and pick the wrong thing. <laughs> number seven. Uh, number seven. Weirdly links to the bit of Bat Boy the Musical. Oh, no. Linked to anything else. Manimals. Mythological creatures slash cryptids that are half man or half woman or half person. Half animal. Mermaids and stuff like that. Mermaids and stentors and Stentor. fawns and all that jazz. Okay. All right. Bit more interesting than them. Yeah. Oh, I do have a shout out to Andy because he sent me a tweet. Now he's been banned on Facebook, which happens quite frequently. <laughs> he sent me a DM on Twitter and it says here, he sent me a link actually on the Crystal Myth podcast Facebook page, I think. Uh, it says EK Monkey Man. I knew he was real. And there's a link to the mirror. It's um, a bald man with a beard, and it says, I saw dead people aged 10, and I've met the black-eyed child and man-monkey. So I'll have a good read of that later. (laughs) I'll send you the link. I can't believe he's met the black-eyed child and survived. Well, that's true. We did cover black-eyed kids in an earlier podcast. Some people did survive, remember? Mm, So they did. Otherwise, how would anyone know about black-eyed kids? Nobody would be there to tell the tale. True. I don't think you were part of that podcast, were you guys? No, that was one of our no, really yeah, early ones. In the pre-Yaz days. Yeah. Oh, in the dark ages. Yeah. <laughs> that was a good podcast. Right, well, thanks very much for listening, guys. Um, Hope you enjoyed that lovely episode of Bat Boy the Musical. Mark sure did. 
And we'll be ne- we'll be back next week with some animals. Okay, well, we'll talk to you next week. Bye. 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 Hold me, bad boy. Love me, bad boy. Sing me, bad boy. Oh, my bad boy. Crystal. Man.